0: hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the stacy west podcast i'm ben and gary's with me as always how are we doing my good man i'm hungry you're hungry
2: Yeah, I'm hungry. I think I missed lunch and now I've got to wait for Fee to come home. It's like 20 to 6 on Thursday and I haven't eaten since breakfast and I'm hungry. (laughs) And also we've had a warning. Apparently the last podcast, uh, Pete, who is always super critical, said that he heard far too much uh, about my routine and chit chat before we got into the football talk.
0: I mean, Rach said the same thing. She said, I don't know why I've been listening to this much of uh, of Gary talking about his normal day-to-day. I was like, well, you know, mm. got to mix it up a little bit.
2: The Under the Cosh podcast had a 15-minute intro for the Stephen McPhee uh, pod this week. I was, <laughs> and I, the I started, reading one. Yeah, I started listening to it when I left the house, and I was still listening to it when I got to rugby. It's like, where's Stephen McPhee? And then it came <laughs> on, and yeah, it was all right.
0: Yeah, we listened, so, the, uh, we listened to the we listened to the really one on the way down to Ipswich, and I think we got to about uh, we we well. Not I was expecting to get sort of just past Lincoln to we when we had Reedy, but no, we were still well on the journey. So, should we Sorry, talk about football? I'm I'm Strike straight... my cat? Yeah, so yeah, I'm just to my I know my how cat you can do that.
2: Burlap bag, <laughs>
0: couple of bricks. <laughs> no, well, you I said mean, you were trying. absolute. She is an absolute dickhead at the moment, but I still love her. If anyone knows how to get how to stop a cat pissing in your in your uh, in your hallway, please do let me know. Anyway, yeah, right, keep it outside. Yeah, all right. Um Let's talk about football. Well um, then.
2: What do you want to talk about first?
0: Well, I mean, I was going to say we'll we'll briefly touch on on the Ipswich game in as much as it was crap. There we go. Um, and then no, that was we'll also a couple of weeks Portsmouth.
2: ago as well, wasn't it? Yeah. We'll talk about Portsmouth, shall we instead?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was last week. It was it was Saturday um oh god yeah so, but, oh yeah of course yeah, it I mean, was
2: por- yeah yeah oh. yeah we've yeah, not been on. off the air yeah, for that yeah.
0: long no <laughs> um so yeah Portsmouth I mean I say hips which was crap that was equally so wasn't it it was just a um it was just poor all around really wasn't it
2: yeah well uh, Portsmouth are we talking about now yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay good yeah well I, I nearly fell asleep until 49 minutes um but I felt that neither team were going to score. Genuinely didn't. I don't think either team would have scored from um, from open play. I think defences were on top. They were organised. Our defence, although people kind of complain and say we look shaky and we're misplacing passes, when teams are coming at us, I don't think our defence looks like um, we're going to let in a whole load of goals. And I just thought it's nil, got nil, nil all over it, unless somebody does something stupid. And as I thought that, I had one of those big light bulbs appear above my head. Do you know what I mean? Like, I wonder who's going to do something stupid, mm-hmm. Lincoln or Portsmouth? Yeah. Uh, because we, you know, we have been shaky at the back. To be fair, Joe Morell took a bit of stick for his tackle. I actually. I actually don't think it was a stupid free kick to give away. I think it was a free kick he gave away. I think there's a distinct difference. A stupid free kick is barging into someone's back when they're not going anywhere or kicking somebody needlessly when there's two other people covering. But what Morel had to do was attempt to win the ball when a player was cutting in and going to rattle off a shot from distance, which, you know, I said nobody had scored from open play, but we're also susceptible to shots from distance, um, as, as we saw against Oxford in both games. So I don't think it was a stupid free kick to give away. It was stupid that the ball was even in that position at that point because we'd been attacking two minutes earlier with Harry Anderson. He lost the ball and then it was just a catalogue of like bad football that led to them getting a free kick.
0: Yeah, I think the I think calling it stupid's probably a bit harsh. It, it was a silly free kick, you know, it wasn't it wasn't stupid, it it was just a bit silly to give it away where it was. Um and unfortunately, you know, Michael Appleton called it in the press conference beforehand and he said we need to give stop giving away silly free kicks and 49 minutes or 48 minutes into 49 minutes of football we give away a silly free kick and he he puts it in the back of the net.
2: Now I don't even think the free kick was silly. I don't think the actual tackle to win the ball was anything other than a natural occurrence in football. The silliness is the ball being in that position when we were attacking on the wing with a couple of minutes to go to a half time. I don't think the tackle itself and the position that that it was in wasn't ideal, but it wasn't a silly tackle. It wasn't a needless tackle. There was nothing pointless about it. Morrell had to try and win the ball. Otherwise their boy had shifted onto his right foot and had an, an, a view of goal, and we're not good with long-range free kicks. So for me, the silly free kicks, like I say, are barging somebody over in the corner or on the flanks or something like that, but it was a silly position to be in and it was, just, it was reflective for me of the Bolton game because we did so yeah. much wrong on Tuesday night, but we actually did the same when we beat Bolton 5-1. But Bolton was so bad they didn't take advantage of it, and I think I said on the pod it's odd because we came away from a five-one defeat, and I was saying if we play like that against better teams, we'll end up getting beat. Mm. There you go. Yeah, it's I know just, what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. I mean that's the thing. Portsmouth were, you know, they were a decent side. They're going to be, they're going to be up there at the end of the season. And I think coming away from these two games and seeing a lot of people uh, complaining and saying, "Oh, that was crap. Oh, he doesn't know what he's doing," and all that, you know, all of the the negative stuff that's coming out of it. You just sit back and you go, hang on a minute, these are two big clubs in our league. They're going to have big budgets. They're trying to get back into the championship. It taking, you know, taking a, a narrow defeat away at Ipswich and a a defeat that you know with with a little bit more guile about us, I think we we could have got a result from that. I think that's that's not a bad display at all. You know, we, we remember well, you know, remember the, the, the FA Cup run where we beat Ipswich, that was a massive scalp for us and now we're playing them in the same league and it's, it's just, it's the same, it's the same sort of think, feeling coming away from both games. You're obviously disappointed that you've lost and you're disappointed in the performance, but I don't know, I, I, I'm looking ahead, looking ahead to, to hopefully better things, but... Um,
2: well, let yeah, me take just, an analogy, right? Let me give it an analogy. You're, you're at work and you work in the warehouse, and, um, mm-hmm. you go out for a drink or, 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 you go, you get called up and you go to a meeting with a middle manager. Okay. And then within two years, you've managed to work your way up through the warehouse, through the office so that you're on the same level as that middle manager. Okay. You can't sit in your office and constantly have the warehouse mentality and look around and go, wow, look where I've come from. You have to start being the middle manager. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the situation at some point. It's great to look at back at where we've been. And I'm not critical. People who who listen to the pod and who read the blog, they know that I, I look favorably on Lincoln City all the time. But we can't keep having this, you know, Oh, two three years ago, you know, we were non-league and we were playing it, which we're not now. We are where we are now. And those three years were put to bed the second that the two managers walked out the door. That was when we could stop it because that was when we stopped being that Lincoln City and we became Michael Appleton's Lincoln City. So when Danny and Nicky came in, they took over a National League side. So then we can keep looking at it because it's all part of the one journey. But that journey ends when they go and a new journey starts and the manager comes in taking over a League One club. He doesn't come in taking over a National League club. With that's been promoted two years or two years out of three, not in his mind. Mm. So, I think. But to take your point, your point is valid if you apply it to the fact that we've gone to the team who were top of the table and we weren't. Mm. We matched them. You know, we did match them. I can't even remember how they scored their goal now. Silly free kick. Of course, it was. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. That's Um, the thing. When I was going to say, you know, when you're talking about silly free kicks, you you look at the one that was given away on Saturday. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, it was really silly.
2: And, you know, it's the same with Portsmouth. I mean, I I put a tweet out that's got quite a lot of um, likes and stuff on it about the Portsmouth fans. And it's, you know, we've, we've, we've got to come to expect that. Yeah, We're not going to get it every week because we're still in a league with Shrewsbury and End and Fleetwood and teams like that. But, you know, there are always going to be big teams in this division. Whichever three go up this season, let's say Peterborough, Sunderland and Portsmouth go up, we'd still have Ipswich. Mm. We'd still have Doncaster, we'd still have Rotherham, they're big clubs. Three are going to come down as well. I don't, I, I don't know who's down there. Let's, you know, Huddersfield maybe. So, do you know what I mean? So, we're, mm. you know, this is the level we're at now and... Yeah, I, I, I think it was it was disappointing because we came away on Tuesday night knowing that we hadn't... I'll jump forward to Portsmouth a little bit because we were talking about uh, Portsmouth. You know, we came away thinking, oh, we haven't played well in that, we've been below par, we've not really created anything. And we've actually lost 2-0 to a team with a striker who cost 1.5 million, um, who you know, are on a six-game winning run, who didn't really look like beating us. We beat ourselves again. It's the same as we did against Sunderland. When Tom Hopper squares for John Jules... And he mm-hmm. puts it up and over the boxes. That could be one all. At one all they've got to come out and you think maybe maybe we we take something from the game. You would hope in six weeks' time, Hopper and John Jules have got the sort of understanding whereby, you know, you, you think that we're gonna score more or less every time we go forward. But let's mm-hmm. face it, that that wasn't the case. The two of them they didn't look like they're just like they'd never met. They looked looked like they'd never really played football before for me. But
0: yeah, it, it was uh, it was just a disappointing evening all around, wasn't it? And you know, we 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 can dissect individual moments and and everything else, but I I just think it's in in terms of like you say, playing against the team at the top of the league and and that are uh, or there or thereabouts, you know, when it comes to Portsmouth, I just think it was it, traditionally a bigger club and and everything else, but it 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 felt really frustrating because we knew that, I think, we we didn't perform to the levels that we've seen this team perform to. Um, not this
2: team. We've seen Lincoln perform to. This is a different team now. New faces.
0: Well, I, I, I mean, it was the same starting eleven that, that played against Blackpool, more or less. With, um, no, it wasn't.
2: With- Tay Erden started. Tyrese and Tyler Walker both started that game as well. So there's at least two changes from the Blackpool game.
0: Did- Sorry. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean. It's it's more or less, it, it's a similar, it's a similar setup. And I just thought I, I got really disappointed coming away from Ipswich, because I just thought that to me that was more or less the same side that that we got a decent point against Blackpool with, and I just thought it was, it was very flat. And I think that's that's what a lot Three of people points. have said coming out of the, the past the past two games.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. I'm being pedantic. I do agree. Um, you I don't, really? Never. Yeah. I think I actually. I don't think I don't think against Ipswich it was as bad. I actually think against yeah, Ipswich we went and we went away and did what we needed to do. Apart from create a chance on a decent chance at goal, but again I thought we, um, you know, I thought we were we were in that game. We were in the game on Tuesday night, and I, I've just got this inevitable feeling now. And it might be because of what's going on as we're recording and and, and, and uncertainty, but I just have this feeling of us kind of going right. Well, well, that's us. We'll get the wins that we need to, to survive. There's no aspirations this season because survival was the aspiration, and we should kind of be happy with that. Mm. And I think I think the last week has just it's just been a bit of a, a kick in the balls, to be honest, because mm. you know with with the talk of. We can't really say what's going to happen with, with Tyler Walker because as we're recording, nothing has. But the understanding is he's probably going to go. We don't know who might come in to replace him. So it's something we can't talk about. But, you know, when you sat here and you've lost even John Akindi and and the, the the manner of John's exit was a bit, you know, was he injured? Wasn't he injured? He's gone. And then, you know, possibly Tyler. So that's twenty odd goals that you've taken out of the team. And, and you look at the two that are left up front, the Hopper and John Jules, and you know they looked like strangers. And Connor Coventry, who promised so much so far, has really struggled. Max Melbourne had one good game, and you know he he was not the worst player on the pitch at, at, on Tuesday night. But you know he was in the top probably one. Um, and it's you know <laughs> that no, that's harsh. He, he, you know there was two or three that really had bad games, and I just. I feel do you know what it feels like, and it's it's to com- to compare it is really bad because um it, it's it, yeah you know, I'll kick myself when I've said it, but it feels a little bit like when Chris Sutton came in and you yeah, had we had the makings of a side that you looked at, and you think you know you've got rene Howe there, you got Sergio Torres, we had you know Scotty Kerr in midfield, and you think we've got a team there that if you put just a couple of decent players in, and what actually happened was. You know, we ended up with a team of strangers playing at Christmas. However, we then brought David Sommer in, and he scored fourteen goals. Mike Appleton might have that up his sleeve. And the difference here is there is a bigger picture which I can see. That I can see that we're bringing the young players in in order to develop them, and that's really been pushed at us, I think, as a club, hasn't it? But I mean, again, mm. uh, the young lad that's just come in, as we've been on air, Keen Hines. People saying, "Oh, another kid." We are bringing younger players in, but my 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 deepest darkest fear is that eventually you hit the tipping point where too many kids not enough experience for me we're right on that now and ideally in the next 24 hours we need to sign somebody with some experience but
0: we'll see what happens yeah i'm fully behind you on that i think it's um like you say it's it's all very well and good saying that you want to have this uh, the new business model and and everything else but it's a kind of you know like like you mentioned is at what at what point does that begin to start to or you know sorry at what point does that start to um to move over into right okay well we've got the you know we've got the young lads so are we just going to fill up the entire team with that or are we going to like you say get some experience in as well and, and get somebody to shore them up so yeah it's um it's interesting and it, it was uh, i think i I kind of agree with you on the um on the, the not quite the lack of a goal but the um the lack of uh the, that clarity around what we want to do this season um obviously you know survival is the key and that's i've I've said it from day 1 if we finish one pl- you know one point outside the bottom three I'll be happy with the season it's it's a case of it being the expectations being managed at this point where you go, right, okay, well, we know what the team's, you know, we know what Michael Appleton's capable of getting out of these players because we've seen some really good football. You know, we've seen some, he's, he's put some excellent football together with, uh, with some of them. Um, How is it going to go, you know, towards the end of the season? And obviously we'll, I mean, we'll, we'll put, we'll put Portsmouth to bed at this point because it was, it was just, I came away feeling very, very flat. Um, but you did mention it earlier, actually, and I, I've got to say credit to their fans—eleven 1, hundred of them come in from, uh, from from Portsmouth on a Tuesday night. Obviously, they won't all be from Portsmouth, but it's a cracking amount of support to come that way, even if it's you know three quarters of the the, the support are from local to them. We actually got talking to a, well, a chap started talking to us in the bar, I should say, that had come up from the Isle of Wight, um, that was uh, that was going back that night as well. So uh, that was quite impressive um, so fair play to them yeah. it's only 20 well, minutes dear further on than Portsmouth isn't it by the time you get on the ferry well, yeah, I didn't realise so I'd,
2: I'd, I'd, I'd never been to the Isle of Wight until the summer it's alright
0: yeah you've got to get on a boat and everything We went. I went to the Isle of yeah. Wight festival years ago but that's not talking about football so uh, no. uh, no, we don't want on.
2: Pete getting angry do we <laughs> 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 he'll ring me tomorrow anyway. guaranteed he'll ring me tomorrow I've got a busy day Pete that I probably won't have my phone on me just to let you know <laughs> So I just anyway, communicating there. Yeah, I tell you what. Shall we let, let's let's talk briefly? And I know. You normally set the agenda, but shall we just move on to the reason that I'm sounding like a miserable bastard and just cover what we know about uh, potentially losing Tyler Walker?
0: Yeah. Uh, okay. So obviously, we've over the past uh, 24 hours or so, or 48, as you're listening to this, um, a tweet came out from was it a Telegraph reporter? Yeah, um, Henry. Basically, wasn't it? Say, Henry. Percy. Yes. Yeah. Uh John Percy. Anyway, Telegraph well, yeah. Reporter put a tweet out saying uh Forrest are recalling Tyler Walker. Um and uh, you know he will be there for available for selection on, on Saturday, whatever the tweet was. Um and essentially it sounds like the more that's come out today, even though it's not been a huge amount, you've been able I've been able to piece together, it sounds like um Walker's going back there to essentially bolster their front line before um, before the end of the season. So well, it, it's it's looking more and more like Forrest are going for automatic promotion at this point, isn't it? And they want as many options as they possibly can to get goals in the hunt to get back in the Premier League. So
2: mm. yeah, fuck Forest. Um, so I've just yes. um, I've just been having a look, and Sabri Lamucci has basically said uh, he's had Tyler Walker back at Forest today. Um, but quite crucially, he has sung his praises and then said if he can come back. So it sounds like uh, there's negotiations going on at the moment. Now, my understanding and for what it's worth, because I feel a bit of a muck, um, but my understanding was at one point that there was no recall option. Um, that was something that uh, that I was told that that I, uh, I had no reason to disbelieve. And then I think the recall option now is that it has to be uh, at the satisfaction of all three parties, which is Forrest, us, and Tyler Walker. Now, you would imagine that Tyler will want to go back to Nottingham Forest if, if he thinks he's going to get a game. They obviously want him. Um, m- even though I'm really miserable about it, and I've been a little bit – I've seen my ass this last day or two and kind of let my bottom lip go. <laughs> um, not in crying, in, in being Mardi. I don't cry at football. Um yeah you know, it's it's kind of got it sounds like it's got to work for us and and my gut feeling is that you know michael appleton uh, will be on the lookout now for a player and now the thing is you wouldn't expect him to buy one because we've bought Tom hopper and is there going to be anybody out there in the loan market who can adequately come in and do the job or is Tyrese john Jules going to be the the main man Michael horton tweeted out last night that his understanding was that Michael Appleton wanted to end the transfer window with Tom Hopper and Tyrese John Jules up front and anyone else that he kept was, uh, that, that's damage limitation, I think, genuinely, because I don't think any football manager mm. at all would openly admit, uh, when he's got a 16-goal striker that, you know, oh, well, if we keep him, it'll be a bonus, but these are the two that I want. You know, the guy who's started two professional games and the other guy who, you know, scored three goals this season and, um, he's looking a little bit ring rusty if I'm honest so.
0: yeah i mean let, let's
2: let's be fair to tom yeah let's let's let's, let's just be fair to tom gone. that that's just me being you know it's not comparing apples for apples is it because it's tyler walker and the tom hopper are completely different no. players at different stages tom's played one game for us and i'm falling into the banter trap there aren't i of going oh he's crap um yes yeah, yeah, I am. Yeah, yeah, I and you know, I I don't want to be that guy, so I'll shut up now.
0: Well, I think the the key thing about the whole thing with with Walker is obviously this the, the discussion about you know is there is there a substantial fee that will need to be paid by Forrest in order to take him back now. Every everybody in the dogs saying that that's the case. So Lincolnshire Live have said that you know we we have it in our understanding that there is a clause in the contract that that basically is not a straight recall clause. Um, it's sounding like that's a similar thing that you've heard as well. So by the sounds of it, there will be a little bit of money available. So whether that's made available straight away to Michael Appleton to go right, okay, we need tomorrow as we're recording this. Tomorrow we need to. To essentially go out and buy a striker, um, not that I'm suggesting that it's going to be a you know a panic buy, which I have to say, you know, Andy knows that I love him and he knows that he's you know we'll always have a good discussion about stuff, but um, suggesting that John Akiny was a panic buy uh, earlier in the week is something that genuinely made me laugh um, at the time. Two things. Anyway, can I well, we'll pick up on two too. things there? Um, First of all,
2: uh, when the media, yeah. when any media say it's our understanding that, just to break that down for people, that basically means somebody who knows that for fact has told us, but we can't say that somebody's told us. That's normally what our understanding is. So if somebody says oh, it's our understanding, they've been told it, and m- most likely by by yes. a manager or something. I used to use it. If Danny would ring me and say anything, or if I, you know, it would always be my understanding is this or that, but it would only be the sort of stuff that you are allowed to put out there. Uh, And secondly, regarding John Akindi being a panic buy, interesting because I don't (laughs) think that that he was our first choice that summer or rather um, it's my understanding that he wasn't our first choice that summer. It's my (laughs) understanding that we'd got Tyler Walker signed, sealed and delivered for a set figure, and I mean this was common knowledge at the time, anyway. And then another club, Mansfield, came in and, and basically threw silly silly money at him, um, a large, you know, bonuses or whatever. I don't know how it entirely worked, um, and that that's my understanding of the situation. So we then looked for uh, another striker, and and John Akindi was was one of them. Panic by no first choice, no.
0: That's that's uh, again. That's that's how I understood it at the time as well. But it's not. uh, It's not to say that he was a panic buy by any stretch. But either way, um, yeah. It's like we said. It's looking more and more likely that that Walker's going to go. It's um, it's shit. In in short, Um, you know. Apologies for, for starting to open the sweary gates a little bit, but. The, the the way that the loan market works, if you don't have a traditional like recall clause, if you like, it seems like it's very poorly designed in terms of the the loanee, um the loney club. Um, I don't know, I don't know what the ins and outs of the deal are, um, but I would imagine that there would be a significant contribution to wages from us, if not completely paying his wages. Um, and ultimately while it does get them off, while it, you know, will get them off a wage bill as you know, as, as with the case of John O'Kindi, it's, it, it's a really shitty thing to do. And I think you got it spot on in your, your piece on the blog where you said that then that there almost needs to be a period at the start of January where you have what three weeks where you can say, right, okay, if you want to recall somebody, you do it in these three weeks, which then gives the, the low knee club, you know, us in this case, the, the time to 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 you know source an adequate replacement if you 've agreed to put somebody out there on a season long loan um i'm 'm fully aware that we 're just saying this because we are in a position now where um where we've we 've suddenly had to say this because Tyler walker's not coming oh you know, going sorry um, yeah it's just really really disappointing if it does come off and Somebody replied to me on Twitter after I said, you know, in all fairness, with, with my immediate reaction to this is, as you've said earlier, "fuck Nottingham Forest." Quite frankly, it's it's yeah. to do it to do it on. this close to the end of the window is just a, it's a dick move.
2: That's the bad thing. Recalling their own players, no problem. I don't mind that. All right, Charlie. Hey, Charlie. I don't I don't mind any of that. You know, he's their yeah. player. It's just the timing, and I just I just think the low market doesn't work well for us. But who knows what Michael's got? Planned, you know, it's, I kept saying 30 hours, but we were, oh, that's interesting. Our clock stopped. (laughs) So it's January, Wednesday, January the 29th. And it's not, is it? It's the 30th. Our our clock has missed a day. Mm, There (laughs) we go. I was looking up there thinking, bloody hell, he's got two days left of the transfer window. And as you listen to this, he's going to have about eight hours. (laughs) Um, You know, he might, he, he could well have something up his sleeve. I just think that you know, there's there's a strong distrust of lots of change. And, you know, it's not just a lot of change from last season. It's a lot of change from the beginning of this season as well. But, you know, there's 15 points between us and the bottom. Trammeer are showing no signs of making up those 15 points. It could be argued that three or four wins at this stage of the season, and you're going to say that we're probably looking safe. And, and as we've said, without wanting to seem defeatist, that was the ultimate aim, even when we came up anyway. Yeah. Um, and if there was any... Any year at all to want to consolidate in League one, this is it because you know you you lose in one relegation space because of Barry Bolton were virtually relegated before the season started. I thought they might stay up, but they 've not shown the form that 's needed. South End have been so woeful that you know in, in years gone by in every year gone by, South End would be bottom and and we 'd be looking at a collection of clubs above them, and right now you know. Last season, I think the team that were in 10th, going into March, were, we're still only four points or six points off the relegation places. So, mm. But, you know, we, we've got some decent games coming up. We do have some good players who are at the football club. Um, I just I think it's it, it's easy to become disillusioned during the transfer window. Yeah, uh, and The well, speculation just, say, just it, does it, matter.
0: It, it's sounding like we're, we're getting very doom and gloomy about it, but it's not, I mean, it's really not the case. You know, we've, we've had... I think your your assessment in the uh, in the blog about the the transfer window not really being a success is probably obviously hinging on uh, hinging on Walker. You know, is is probably yep. accurate, but hinging on incomings as well. Yes, yeah. Um, but I think um, I don't know. I, I just think in terms of in in terms of the club at the minute, we are we're. I still think we're in a good spot. You know, we're. we're we're in a position where we're able to build. We've got a manager that that knows what he's doing, um, and we've got a board that know what they're doing as well. Um, so, yeah, should we should we briefly touch on the accounts situation, or do we want to do we want to not have that discussion?
2: No, I'd, again, we're a Lincoln City podcast. We wouldn't be doing ourselves justice if we didn't. Um, I've I've kind of had a look through the accounts, and, and obviously have a, a good understanding of them because they are the sort of issue that we discuss on the supporters board. Um, in you know in advance, we, we kind of we have an idea of what's coming. Let's say, um, so I don't you know two point two million losses on the face of it uh, is incredibly concerning, but. I think it's, yeah. You know, people, I've seen some people say, well, Gary, you criticised Forest Green when they were posting two million losses a year on. Yeah, yes, I did. Because if, if, if Dale Vince goes, Forest Green go. You know, they're not a sustainable football club. And yeah. we're in this period of transition. It's, it's what we've just talked about with the transfer window and we've got the doom and gloom over it. We're in a period of transition right now. So we are um, looking to move towards a model of bringing in younger players and selling them on, which is exactly what we do in this transfer window. Um, and, those losses have been incurred in getting to the level that we're at now. When you get to the level where we are at now, you get to attract a higher level of young player into the club. Mm-hmm. Tao Eden, for instance, would not have been our player if we'd been in League Two, no doubt. And you know, mm-hmm. there's high hopes for him. So the losses are in, in, you know, they're, they're sustainable. Anyone who's in doubt, listen to uh, or read Clive in the Echo and and, and Liam Scully who have both kind of laid it on the line. Commercially, we're becoming more viable. There's a national partner at the stadium. Uh, I just think it's not non-news because, you know, everything is news these days. You get the price of football mulling it over and putting this out and that out. But it's, it's like I've said to somebody before, this news is actually six months old. This is the financial picture as of what June last year, the financial landscape has changed immensely between that time, but you won't get to find out what it is now until the same time next year. So all it is, is information. It's not, it's not news. It's information in my opinion. Um, and just yeah, it's like the season ticket. phrasing the season ticket price is is very good. I understand the frustration at raising the age from sixty to sixty five. Predominantly from people who are six, you know, fifty nine turning sixty. They're the ones that miss out because they're holding the uh, the concession price. If you're sixty two and paid concession price last year, you'll only pay concession price again this year as a kind of a a, a sweetener to to carry you over. Yeah. Every other football club's concession is sixty five. Yeah. You know, and people, you know, the season tickets have been frozen, and, and that's partly there's winners and losers in that because most clubs have tiered prices. So if you want to sit dead center, middle, upper tier, you pay more than somebody who sits bottom, right hand side, lower tier. But mm. the club can't, you know, they can't broach that. They can't start saying, right, that seat that you've sat in that's been costing you £379 season ticket, because it's a good seat, it's 479 quid now. But if you want to move down to the cheaper seats, well, that might be an option. But if those people renew, that's not even going to be an option either. It's just yeah. that's a logistical nightmare. And the changes that Liam makes on a commercial level, or Liam and the board make on a commercial level, in my opinion... And it's easy. People can call me a sycophant. fan. I don't care. Um, but when you have them explained to you rationally and you have the time to look at them, 95% of the time, I think that those decisions are taken with both the fans in mind and the commercial ability um, of the football club in mind. Yeah, and there is, there is honestly a, a, a real fan focus still at that level. Mm. I just, but, you know, if we if we want to be bringing players to the football club who are going to severely affect our future we've got to be more commercially viable and to the 2.2 million losses posted last june or whenever it was are, are testament purely to that
0: yeah it's um i think i think the interesting thing for me in this is is we've obviously you know you, you've touched on the season ticket renewals there and i think in terms of that Last year, I was quite critical about it because it, it felt to me like they were going, okay, cool, right, we're going to spring this on you now. And I think we had, I think you had about a week till they went on sale. And then you had another two weeks to find, you know, to stump the money up for for the ticket. I might be misremembering the exact timings, but I know it wasn't a long period of time. Um, but this time around, they've said, right, okay, you've got a month now. So they're going on sale next month. And this is a case of, right, well, you can... You know, I think you've got two weeks now to to put your renewal in. Um, in terms of uh, in in terms of that, I think that's a you know it's a good move. We knew it was coming as well. They said this is going to be a model that we're going to stick to going forward. So we knew that there was going to be a renewal coming around this sort of time, and they've put it up. And like you say, freezing the ticket prices is good. I think you know three hundred and fifty quid for for league, uh, league One football. I don't think that's too bad. I mean, I know we had a I had a discussion in my office today about. Um, about football season ticket prices because um, someone was interested in the uh, two for one Burton Road chippy uh, offer on match days, and I said to well, him, "Yeah, I get that from a my season ticket." So, well, how much is a season ticket? well, it's three hundred and fifty quid, and they were like, "Well, that seems a lot." And the only the only thing was, you then look at the, the the cheapest season tickets for certain clubs in the in the Premier League, and you know Arsenal's is what I think the cheapest season ticket you can get at Arsenal's like eight hundred and ninety quid or something ridiculous like that. But that's another discussion for another day um I, I think freezing freezing the prices is is a great move for the fans i think it's a good move for for the club because you're going to get you know decent period renewing in this early in this early window um but uh, yeah just to go back to the, the 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 accounts thing um hearing that the the loss was essentially eaten up more or less straight away by the money that we received for Danny and Nicky and the um the the reallocation of some shares in the club, you know, that that's basically wiped out that loss. And I think the thing that, the thing that a lot of people aren't going to put on, aren't, aren't going to look at in this is yes, there's, there's been a loss of 200, uh, you know, of, sorry, of 2.2 2 million. But is that then trans, does that then become debt? Does that then become bad debt that the club have got? You know, is is it, is it going to be debt or is it a case of, right, well, they can absorb that loss. I think that's where the the worry would start to come in, is if there's you know mountains and mountains of debt building up in the club, and that, that's where I would start to worry a little bit. But yeah,
2: there isn't. So we, we don't have to. Yeah. This isn't this isn't ninety nine two thousand or whatever all over again. Where yeah, you know, John Reams was firefighting and and dealing with issues from year upon year upon year. This is a football club that um, you know is, is evolved rapidly and that costs money. Where we are costs money. Mm -hmm. This whole, you know, this... I can't believe we're playing Portsmouth and Ipswich that we touched upon earlier. Mm -hmm. That doesn't happen by accident. You don't buy your way there, but you have to equip yourself to go there. You know, it's like going to a posh school. You don't rock up at a posh school in scabby trainers and torn trousers, do you? You have to spend money in order to make sure that you're well-equipped for it, so...
0: Yeah. Anyway, right, so shall we move on to... um... Oh, well, let's move on South End. Why not? Let's uh, let's talk about South End. You
2: seem to be in two minds there. Is there something else to talk about as well as South End?
0: No, I've just seen your tweet calling out a Forest fan saying are you the love child of Frankie Boyle and Sarah Millican? Yeah, prick.
2: <laughs> calling <laughs> us calling us a small club. You won the European Cup twice and, you know, you've basically you're still living in that. The whole ground, the, everything about Forest is still they live in the past and I find that a real shame. I actually quite like Forest as a team. Do You know what? I, I, I'm bitter about it, but I I've got no problem. I could have been a Forest fan. You know, literally one day, one day and an aeroplane stopped me being a Forest fan. Hmm. You but you'll know that because you've read my book.
0: I've read I've, I've I think I've read up to that point. Yes. yeah so yeah good you have read that bit that's good i am I' um, am reading it very slowly. I'm not I'm you don't know really. ben,
2: ben I'm teasing you um, <laughs> there's some pictures halfway through, so you'll be looking at oh wow, cool've yeah. got boobs in them no, well, oh. they've got me in them, so I probably just want it hey. um, yeah, so let's let's talk about South end.
0: um, I think I would be very disappointed if we came away from this game without three points,
2: okay so
0: would you like me to do my that's analysis my expert now? opinion is that is that your yes, analysis yes. is it <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's brilliant honestly i do you know what i don't know why you haven't been picked up to go on local radio with analysis like that. <laughs> i really don't know why that is i'm on local radio uh by the way listeners tonight 6 p.m so where i'll be offering proper insights um has, right. has he done it
0: as make peace done it again
2: well, I think it's because he listens, obviously, to you saying things like that and then realises that <laughs> it's pointless, isn't it? Putting you on a radio. He probably wants you on in his own right, doesn't he? Um, like when they do a jokey show or something. Anyway, so on to Southend United. I have reservations.
0: Okay? It is a possible banana skin, isn't it? Let's be fair. I have
2: reservations. Their last three home games. Southend nil, Tranmere 0. South Southend 2-MK Dons 2. South End 2, Rotherham 2. They employ a 3 5 2 formation, which is like kryptonite, certainly to Harry Anderson. They're really defensive. Um, it, yeah, just, it, it worries me a little because Sol Campbell made Macclesfield horrible and hard to beat last season, and that's why they stayed up. And although away from home, South End are, are, are not doing well. Yeah, they're unbeaten in more games at home than we are at the moment, um, which is you know, a, a slight concern for me. Um, in terms of individual players, do you know what? It's actually hard to pick out players who, I'm go- who I can say, you know, oh, I like him. Um, there's the lad Milligan, who the Australian international, who I said last time was probably a decent player and, and, and wasn't, um, but he now plays in the centre <laughs> of the fight yeah he plays in the center of the five man midfield or or a three man midfield with wing backs so again there's a lot of emphasis on the wing backs but he doesn't have to do as much running as if he was playing in the 442 so he's going to mop up and he's going to be key uh, and they play well, in the last game they played um Manton and uh, Jason Dimitriou in the midfield as well three man midfield and, and yeah i've just got a bell going off in my head. It might be flashbacks to Tuesday night um, and that cowbell, or it might be, hang on, we've got overrunning midfield against Portsmouth, we've got overrunning midfield against Ipswich, and there's another three-man midfield coming. Much will depend on their wing-backs. McLaughlin and, uh, here we go again, Romono, maybe. Um, They're not two players that, again, have jumped out at me and said, you know, we're top players at this level. But you know, End and they're struggling like hell, so they're not going to be top players at this level. But if they're effective enough, um, you know it's, it's going to be interesting. Obviously, they've been starting their last home game. They started up front with Tom Hopper and, and, and Humphreys. Uh, that certainly isn't going to be the case uh, this weekend. You know, I know football changes quickly, but it ain't going to change that quickly. Um, so they'll probably, uh, obviously, they'll they'll have. Uh, Charlie Kelman will come in. Who's the young lad? Who again? I quite rate young Kelman actually. So, uh, but they've been on. They've actually been on a decent run, you know, because they also beat Accrington, didn't they? Two one, which was their mm. first home win of the season. So, yeah, um, I'm concerned. They've
0: actually been. They're actually unbeaten in four at home. I'm, I'm just just a little bit concerned. I wasn't until you said all that, and now I'm really nervous.
2: Yeah. I mean, if you want, if you want to put some positive context on it, uh, we can talk about XG. Jack Mulhall, look away now. Mm. But their average home game is either a two-one or a three-one defeat. They score one goal a game at home. They concede two point seven three. Their XG is slightly better. They're expected to score one point one three at home rather, and they they concede one point eight one. So XG-wise, they're not doing as well Uh, against Tranmere, which was the 0-0 draw. Sorry, the Appleton game, by the way, was away. Uh, The Tranmere, which was a 0-0 draw, that must have been an awful game because their XG was 0.86 and Tranmere's was 0.49. So that was one side of the coin, two crap teams but cancelling each other out. When they drew 2-2 with MK Dons, their XG was 2.71 and MK Dons was 2.28. So that was two crap teams just thinking, ah, what the hell, and and and, and really going for it. You know, you look at the 2-2 draw with Rotherham, that's the big one. And that was as far back as the 14th of, of December, by the way. They've only actually played two home games uh, since the 14th of December. Um, but again, you know they were four five one that day. They've obviously won three five two since. Um, they, they're going to be defensive, but it doesn't always work. They played three five two when they lost uh, when they played Oxford. Uh, that was back in November, uh, which was their uh, their fourth home game ago, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, and they were stuffed four 0 hmm. So, you know, it's a, it's a mixed bag there, really, and. I'm not. I, I can't even call it. We don't know what players we're going to have. We don't know where, how we're going to go. How we're going to play. I mean, we've played specifically. We've, uh, we've played specifically for each team recently. Like against mm. Peterborough, you might have noticed that you know we were looking to switch from right to left all the time. We were looking for the big switch, and finding Harry and trying to get him behind. Where we haven't done that in the last couple of games. Mm. You know, against against. Um, Blackpool, I think we were quite patient with our build-up, and we were looking to get into feet in the front two. I think against uh, Bolton, I'm, I'm not really sure what the game plan was, to be honest, against Bolton for long periods. But Portsmouth, you know, we looked to go forward much, much quicker. There wasn't half as much playing out from the back. So it's anyone's guess. It really is anyone's mm. guess. I, if I had to pick a result, I'd actually say we'd probably go there and get a draw.
0: Hmm. okay. I'd 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 like to I'd I'd like to say we'll we'll win, as I say. I, I was being a little bit facetious when I say I'd be very disappointed if we didn't win because it's you know, we're on the road, we know our away form's not great, so um right. Okay. Um that's the games covered. Uh, I don't think there's gonna be much else that we need to to talk about. Um we've got our our new feature um, the, you know, the surprising celebrity ages. Um, oh, I forgot mine. Oh, yeah, I know no, yeah. <laughs> Um. So we'll go along with it now. Go um, you first this time. I, I, just, I just want to double check when this article was posted. Just um, check. Why,
2: why do you check articles? Wikipedia is is good for birthdays.
0: Yeah. That's and that's very very good, always that's up to very date. Up it's,
2: not, it's not two years out of date, is it?
0: Yeah, okay, right. So there we go. Um, wow. So... Okay. Um, my surprisingly aged celebrity uh, is Jim Parsons, who played Sheldon in The Big Bang Theory. Ooh! You, hey, let me guess. Would you? Okay, yeah, have a guess. Thirty-nine. Oh no! He, he's forty-six.
1: Wow!
2: Actually, that is a real surprise. I'm there quite shocked at that because I said thirty-nine, trying to kind of think ahead think older than he might be so wow okay um and mine might not be that surprising but you only reminded me as we were going on air yeah that's uh, right. to actually do it. I, I prepare all silly things like South End's formation and form and players um <laughs> and you come at it going well I'll be disappointed if we don't win guess how old Sheldon is so <laughs> um <I am laughs> such an arsehole yeah but I'm telling the truth um <laughs> Uh, my surprisingly aged celebrity, which isn't going to be as good as Sheldon, is Anthony Kiedis from the Red Hot Chili Peppers.
0: Oh Christ, he must he must nearly be sixty by now. He is. He's fifty seven. Oh, because I've read his autobiography. Actually, it's yeah, it's, I have. It's it's a that's an eye opener. It's uh, yeah, he's he's. His dad got him a prostitute li- for his thirteenth birthday.
2: I know, yeah, he's lived his life, hasn't he? Pictures of him with all drugs on his on the table and stuff like that. Amazingly, he's actually only five years younger than Shane McGowan. And, and they're two they're two people who basically should have their bodies donated to, to medical science afterwards to figure out how the hell they're still alive.
0: Yeah, those two and Keith Richards. Yeah. yeah it's gonna be Keith and the cockroaches. But uh, anyway, uh that's gonna do us. Um is there anything that we need to plug? No, I don't think so.
2: I'm trying to think. There's no. Nothing I really need to plug apart. No, no, I can't think of anything.
0: No, okay. Um, the uh, the the charity gaming thing's going up next week, so I'll I'll plug that then. But um, I just wanted to say as well. Um, obviously, you know, tweeted out on on Monday about um, not doing the the weekend pod after the Ipswich game, and um, that I was in a bit of a a shitty place because uh, this week's always a bad one. Um, I just want to say thank you to everybody for for the response. Um, it, you know, it wasn't put out there to try and get people to say, oh, you know, say nice things about Ben. It's like I just genuinely want to say, look, there isn't a podcast for this reason, and I don't want to hide behind anything and say anything else. But um, yeah, it was more than slightly overwhelming. If I'm brutally honest with you, um, everybody was extremely pleasant and i had uh, people from the club messaging me directly and you know lots of lots of dms on twitter and, and a couple of texts as well so um yeah it, it's it's a difficult week um i've obviously mentioned it on the podcast last this time last year as well but um honestly um just thank you uh it meant it really did mean a lot and uh if you're going out drinking this week please do raise a glass to my old man because uh he's very very sadly missed um, but on that rather sombre note, um, we, we'll see you next week, I guess.
1: All right. We'll Cheers see
2: guys. you later. Bye. Bye. So, 90th minute and all your mates around watching the imps on iFollow, you've got your McNugget share boxes on the go.